Everyone's got opinions when it comes to leadership, and let's be honest, how many experts do we all know? But where can we find real leadership advice that's not BS? Well, look no further. Welcome to No BS Leadership, where on each episode, we attempt to expose the gap between what leaders think they should be doing and what actually works without the BS. Listen in as we irritate some, inform others, and challenge all leaders to discover a better path to the leadership excellence we all want. Hello and welcome back everybody to the No More Leadership BS podcast with the incredible crew here. We are excited to have another episode for you guys. I am Jeff Geoff McLaughlin with Professionals at Play. So excited to be talking about this one, one of my personal favorite subjects, maybe not favorite subject, but something I deal with quite a bit and help people out with. But it's not just me. We got a great crew here today. So let's start off here. I'm just going to go in my order on my screen here that I see. We've got the wonderful Mr. Jeff Conroy. How are you doing today, sir? Shout out to my Eastern Oregon friends and family. How doing fantastic. It's good to see everybody. Awesome. All three of them. That's great. Thank you, Eastern yep. Oregon. <laughs> We're big there. Next up, we've got Jeff Geyer with Phoenix Coaching. How are you doing today, my friend? I'm doing great, Geoff. I hope everybody out there is listening and making progress in their businesses. I know as the weeks progress and we get to record these podcast episodes, it's one of the things I really look forward to because I, I learn something every time. So I'm, I feel blessed to be here. Thanks, buddy. Awesome. There's no pressure on this one then. Okay, that's that's alleviated it for me. Cool. <laughs> Got to learn something today. Awesome. We have Miss Myra Hall. How are you doing today, my dear? Thank you for calling me, Miss. That just made me feel like years younger. It's been a long time. <laughs> and after our conversation earlier, I was starting to feel just a little bit antiquated. So, But I am so, so glad to be here with my best friends, because you are my best friends, and to get to to put our different perspectives together and have something um, to help people to their work life. Because that's what we're all about, right? Amen and hallelujah. I love it. Helping people help people. That's what we do. And last but not least, I would say the rose among the thorns, but actually the doctor amongst the whatever the proletariat are. What are we? I don't know. Whatever we are. We don't know. The incomparable Dr. Sam Jennings. Oh my God. So glad to be here. And uh, I'm checking my calendar and yeah, yeah, it's a perfect day to have a podcast. I'm glad to be here. Let's do this thing. Awesome. Excellent. It is a perfect day to have a podcast. So we don't know where you're at, but we do hope that you are listening and having a great time. Today, our topic, this one, because of who I am and my personality, I'm button pusher sometimes. When I find something that kind of annoys somebody just a little bit, just a tiny bit, I sometimes like to push that spot just to see what happens. Like poking the bear, right? You just do it because it's fun. It may be fun for me. I don't know. For example, my sister-in-law, whom I love dearly, I absolutely adore her. She's a wonderful human being, wicked smart, incredibly intelligent, very successful, avid reader. We have so many great things in common, but there are just certain things about our personalities that kind of rub each other the wrong way. And every once in a while, we'll just bark at each other because... We poke a little too much. She pokes me, I poke back. She pokes back, I poke back a little harder. And eventually there's a rawr moment. And then we go, okay, I'm sorry. That wasn't okay. That would, that crossed the line. There's that sometimes interpersonal conflict. So today talking about leadership, 
And what do you do when you have interpersonal conflict in the office? Now, just to be clear, interpersonal conflict, not to the extent that it's gone to like harassment where somebody's actually doing something that's so volatile that it actually interrupts the workplace. But we're talking about sometimes those little things that just annoy you, that why does that person do it that way? It just bothers you. And so interesting statistic. And I know that we, in the time, the day and age that we're living in post COVID more divided than ever on things. People say, don't ever talk about religion and politics, but there was an interesting statistic that Sherm actually came out with that 44% of employees experimented, experienced intensified political volatility and, uh, meaning they were either persecuted and, or the, just the environment that they're in based on one side or the other, which that's a whole different subject altogether, but actually having that, that anxiety, that, that pressure piece of increasing so much in the last couple of years. And so my question for you guys is, and we're going to start, let's see here, let's start over here with Dr. Sam, because I know you come from higher education and in education, I truly believe that the ideas that we're teaching and that we're working with, they should sometimes have conflict, but we should be able to actually work through that conflict. So what are some of the ways that you in higher education have seen people work through those interpersonal conflicts? And is it actually possible if somebody, you just don't like somebody, how do you still get along in the workplace? What do you think? It's a, hey, it's a great setup and I appreciate how you characterize higher education as a place to have a debate of ideas because ideally that's what it should be. And in a lot of cases, that's what it is. However, sometimes some other kind of value takes the wind out of people's sails and you have to go with that kind of a direction you may not prefer. When people can debate a topic, they're debating a third thing, not each other. They're debating about something. And that's healthy. And for me, sometimes invigorating and fun. And there are sometimes people when you want to engage a discussion, they come out loaded and just ready to have a fight about anything at any time. And I've seen people who their initial reaction is defensive and ornery, and that's their initial. Sometimes you get past that to the actual human that's behind that facade and they have a good conversation. So it requires some patience sometimes and understanding that's this person's idiosyncrasy. They're going to come out weird and they'll get over that and it's all right. That's not everybody in every case. And sometimes there'll be folks you just don't match up with. And to the degree that you can, my recommendation to our awesome listeners is to not avoid the discussion, but if you can't use your strengths and you can't enhance somebody else's strengths to get to a great outcome, then what is it you're actually doing? If you're spending all kinds of energy trying to get to minimally acceptable, there's gotta be a better path. And maybe it's a different person, maybe it's a different project. I don't know the answer because obviously I'm not in that situation, but there's got to be a better way to spend your time than debating, arguing over things that don't get you anywhere. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's interesting. I, would you agree that sometimes a lot of the things that people argue on are not necessarily work related, that they're outside of the workplace environment and that's where they get that friction piece? Yeah, I think there's definitely an element of that. And it comes to, like, like you said, uh, talking about politics, religion, the other third rails that may exist out there because they come at it organically. People have their whole experiences. And sometimes they'll say, I've commented about this thing that happened in the news or can you believe this thing that happened in a different country, which sparks a conversation, which is healthy and good and invites value statements, which isn't bad. 
But once in a while, they start to get a little bit heated, a little bit skew. And as long as we're on this path, I'll try to wrap this up pretty quick, but I want to push back on the notion of discussing politics at work. And the reason is how many companies, how many professional organizations, how many individuals push for particular legislation to pass or not pass. So to make believe that we should be absent politics at work is contrary to what the employee bodies are actually doing themselves. So instead of saying, no, you shouldn't, what that statement is, this makes me feel oogie, please stop it. There should be a better way to teach people how to address it, how to have that conversation. And also when hit the brakes and when to say, that's good for today, we can pick up a different name and make it a healthy relationship rather than just don't, 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 if you do, oh my gosh, we're all going to fall apart because that's not the case. I would 100% agree vehemently with you that people need to learn how to have conversations that are different than what they're comfortable with. It's getting out of your comfort zone and it's not comfortable getting comfortable with being uncomfortable, but understanding where the line is and when it's okay to say, Hey, this is getting a little too heated. Maybe let's focus on the other, the other issue. And that usually goes down to, like you said, value statements and people who they are as human beings. So uh, Mr. Conroy, I know that you've had a lot of experience in the leadership world, working with big teams. And I know 100% that you have probably lots of examples of interpersonal conflict, sometimes between employees. What do you do uh, as a leader when you see those things? Is there a way to assuage people's feelings, I'm air quoting here, so that everybody feels like this is like a place where they belong? Is that possible? What happens? Yeah. I want to address what Sam said about talking politics at work. I agree with that. I agree with that wholeheartedly, and I don't mind having a conversation about politics as long as it is an agreed upon conversation. And we both know that we're going to, we could reach a point and then we just say, okay, we need to stop because my experience has been people want to talk politics and the, they start escalating, there's an escalation and then one side starts doing the name calling and things and using the slang. And that just irritates me because that's grade school. Just have a conversation with me. When the whole black lives matter thing was happening, my, my soon to be son-in-law is is biracial. And I called him and I said, educate me. Don't shame me. Don't get mad at me. I'm just educate me. And we've had some amazing conversation and I understand a lot better now. Mr. McLaughlin, to answer your question, have I had problems? Have I had (laughs) issues at work? Yes, I have. But I think there's two different kinds. I think there are your friends, and I know Geyer and I, Geyer and I tease each other relentlessly. And we just had a conversation recently of we're such good friends and we start teasing. I want to make sure we don't get to a point where we cross the line and start hurting each other's feelings. And I appreciate that conversation. At least we recognize it. So I think there's that. I think you could be friends with coworkers and you, get, you think you know them so well and you start bantering back and forth and you just start taking it to the next level. You need to be able to have that conversation of, okay, we need a safe word. Rope a still skin or something like that. We need a safe word word because you can take it to the next level. I mean, same thing with my siblings. I mean, our siblings, when I'm with my siblings, it's who can be the funniest person in the room and we escalate. Mm -hmm. And it gets to a point where people start shutting down and it's real evident. But when you have two coworkers that actually don't like each other, or you got a high D and a high I and the high D's rubbing the high I the wrong way and the high I's 
the high D feels like the high I is wasting their time or whatever. That's when there's got to be one, the leadership ability to come together and say, look, we're different. And we just need to recognize that. And we need to have that conversation. Or I see a lot, I have actually seen avoidance, but I've always had conversations with them of, and sometimes together, of, I know you two are not alike and you guys don't see each other. If you guys can't get along just to, to stay away from each other, just please stay away from each other because you don't want it to escalate. And in terms it has, in terms it has escalated. So it's really important communication. I've said it before on the show. 99% of the world's problems would be solved if people would just communicate effectively. And it's always got to have that line of communication and recognize that no two people are exactly the same. And you're going to do something that's going to irritate eventually. You just got to be able to have that relationship in order to have those crucial conversations, in my opinion. That's it for our show today, everybody. That was brilliant. Sorry. <laughs> Done now. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. Oh, my goodness. No, it was, that was actually excellent. It, you, you did say relationship. And that's an yeah. important aspect of it. If you don't have that relationship, if you don't have enough things in common, or if you feel like you don't have anything in common, and then you start talking about an emotional subject or somebody just brings it into the office or somebody's like a high D and a, a high S, and all of a sudden there's going to be conflict there naturally. If we're unaware of it, that creates a problem in itself. So Miss Myra Rose. Myra Rose. I'm going to adopt that. I'm going to adopt that. Oh my goodness. When it comes to conflict, interpersonal conflict and, and confrontation, when somebody has crossed that line a little bit, is there a, a way to do that strategically and or uh, appropriately? Like what's the way, what have you used in the past to confront somebody? Because we all, I mean, I would guess that most of us are not necessarily confrontational people for the most part. If we're with siblings, then it's like an all out brawl. That's totally different. But in the workplace, that confrontation is oftentimes seen as, as a negative thing. So how do we deal with that part, confronting somebody who is rubbing us the wrong way? I tell you, this is not the fun part of any leader's job because you can get in the middle of it and then neither side likes you. Now that they, it gets polarized because, and I strongly believe this, most people get into those situations and argue not on what is right, but on who is right. And they make it personal. They make it personal, at least in my realm of who I'm working with. They just, they, okay, there's a couple of rules that I've laid out for, for those kind of conflicts is I want to get rid of three words. I want to get rid of should, but. And should, but, and why? Those three words cannot end the conversation. When you add but to the end of a statement, it negates anything nice you said, and everybody forgets it. Should set you up for blame and shame, because if you don't do it, then by the other person's judgment, you're not enough. And why is an impossible question. Put what in, in that instead of why did you do that? What reason would you would have caused you to do this? And the third thing that I want people to understand is it's rarely about you. Mm. So stay curious, try to understand where the other person is coming from. And you use DNS. I mean, I you can just like mix in oil and water. 
if people don't have respect for each other because D's hate for you to waste their time and they hate it. And S's, yep. they want to be understood. They don't like change and they fear change. Or D's are, I mean, there's DS's and there's all the spectrum. But what I'm saying is when you're mixing oil and water, you've got to understand that this is oil or you've got to understand that this is water. And only way you're going to find out is to ask what questions. So that doesn't solve things. But if I can mediate and tell them, don't use but, don't use should, and don't use why, you would be surprised how that takes out, it, it puts out the fire of a conversation. Yeah. Well, to, quote, to, quote, to quote Pee Wee Herman, everyone's got a, everyone's got a butt. Let's talk about your big butt. <laughs> Good old Pee Wee. Genius of Pee Wee. I bet uh, that got him in trouble. That did get him in trouble. Yeah. Yeah. That's a different conversation. It is. Uh, but I agree. I agree with Myra on that one. Yeah. Yeah. When you can actually, those are three brilliant things. Yes. And instead of no, but no, but is like one of the worst things ever. I've got a crazy story about that. Not for this podcast, but like longest, worst day of my life. Holy cows. I love you, but I'm not going to marry you. Not the thing a girl wants to hear. Just so you know. Right. Wow. Quick so, uh, that in show notes to advise our <laughs> Mr. Geyer and our, our, I mean, we've got a a limited time here. This is a good subject for you. I know that being a person of strong convictions, when you have somebody that's, that has maybe just as strong convictions on the other side, how do we come to an understanding? How do we, how do we maintain that curiosity to understand why somebody thinks, and again, sorry, Myra, I just did it. Why somebody thinks the way they do. Sometimes that's the, the question. I, I kind of like how you said it, come seek understanding. That's actually one of the biggest things. Seven habits, yeah. Yep, exactly. Seek for understanding. Seek first to understanding, yeah. Exactly. You do that and you almost always come at it from a curiosity perspective and it changes people's perspectives completely. So, Mr. Geyer, what think you? Boy, I, I'm, I'm thinking a lot. The four of you have had some great insights and this topic is huge. There's lots of different nuances and stuff. And I think as we think about it, we're all, putting what rushes to our mind is situations we were in or put people in different things that have happened to us. But yeah, I was getting to the point of the Covey thing that seek first to understand and then be understood. And that is a learned skill. We're not, we're not born with the ability to do that. In fact, it's quite the opposite and everything in society and social media today is teaching us the other way. To, to focus on myself first. And then if you don't think the way I do, then somehow you're lesser than I am. But there, yeah, I have so many thoughts in my, my, my mind about this Geoff, and I, I guess I'll land on one or two for now, and then we can put it in a different podcast because there's lots to talk about here. And number one is at work, and this is a leadership, no, no more leadership BS. So I'm the leader in it. And it, w- whether I'm the CEO or the owner of the business, or I'm leading a division or what have you, I am the leader and I'm responsible for a team of people. And we all seem to think, at least I used to think this way, that I wanted, I spent a lot of time at work and I, I want these people to be my family. And the truth is I don't want them to be my family. I, I want us to be a team for lots of reasons. We don't fire our family members. Although we can go to the divorce thing and talk about that, but I typically don't fire my my family members. And I also don't talk politics around the Thanksgiving dinner table. And so I I don't do that at work either. And so I want us to be a team and we are going to have to learn 
to function together. There isn't sports analogies are, are really ripe here that when, when a pro basketball team, the an NBA finals is going on right now, go Warriors. And that when they put the team, when they draft the players, those players have to learn how to play together. And when you hire people to work in your organization and you're the leader, they have to learn how to work together. And as the leader, sports analogy, the coach needs to help the players, the team members learn to work together. So as a leader, the best thing you can do is build the mindset. That's part of your responsibility. And this whole idea that we all have to be the same because we're working for the same company and we're all wearing the same embroidered logo uh, polo shirt is ridiculous. We need to help people become the best people they can be. And that almost always includes the ability to interact with other people. And so if you're a leader and you don't think you're very good at it, get better at it. Go Keep listening to this podcast for starters. Go read books. Go hang out with people that you think are better at it and learn from them, right? Take responsibility and make your relationships better. It's your job, man. Come on. Oh, man. And I have to add, get a coach. There's nothing that will help yes. you more than getting a coach. Yes. And it's, yes that's, that's a perfect point, Myron. In fact, I didn't put it in the list because I didn't want to sound self-serving, but you are absolutely right. In fact, I'm a coach and I have a coach. I pay a lot of money every month for a coach. And so, yeah, if you're leading people, don't do it by yourself. Get some help. Come on. Yeah. And actually, that's what I was going to say is that all of those points, those golden nuggets, they work because you have an outside perspective. You've yes. got somebody else that has a different view on things and can ask you questions that you might not have thought about. And so all of us happen to be coaches. We happen to be pretty successful coaches and we just happen to have slightly different arenas in the things that we do. And like you, Jeff, I have a coach. I wouldn't have a coach if I didn't believe in coaching. And so if you are out there listening right now and you have questions, comments, rude remarks, stories that you want to tell or share with us, because this is a big topic, man. This is a big one. And I think we could go for a lot longer, but in the sake of brevity of our podcast and maintaining our time frame and your, your time as well, please reach out to us. First of all, hit that subscribe button. We would love to have you as a subscriber. That would be great. Give us a five-star rating. We also like those. And do seriously reach out to us either on our Facebook page, LinkedIn. You can reach us at askusatleadershipbs.co. And we will be more than happy to lend a hand in any way we can because we like to support people. That's our job is to help people win. So from all of us here at the No More Leadership BS podcast, we hope you enjoyed this amazing episode, one that we may have to revisit here in the future. And have a great day wherever you are. Work hard, play fair, be kind, do all the good things. And we'll see you on the next one. Bye. Bye. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the No Leadership BS podcast. If you have any stories, questions, or comments you would like to share with us, please email us at askus at leadershipbs.co. That's askus at leadershipbs.co. Don't forget to give us a five-star review so we can reach more people. Thank you so much, and tune in next time. We'll see you then. <laughs>